artist spotlight today we have stefan latour he is a post-production and video editor how you doing stefan what's going on folks <laughs> everything's good man living the life out here in sunny cali i hear you man i'm jealous <laughs> um so look stefan let's uh thanks for being with us um and uh being with us as a guest man i appreciate it um uh, let's go start off with like where you from man uh, originally born in Houston, but I lived most of my life in D.C., back and forth, Houston summertime, D.C. wintertime. Briefly went to the good Howard University, H.U. You, you know. know. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. And, and how did you get, how did that take you to uh, L.A., man? Um, Actually, I didn't move to L.A. till like three years ago, a little under three years ago. Okay. So just yeah. what what got you started in uh you know television film and your career? How did that how did that is that always something you had intended on doing? Did you kind of fall into it or tell us the story? Uh, I actually got started in the uh in the Air Force in a program called Tops and Blue. And uh where I was like I was singing and act at the same time. So I actually started off acting in front of the camera. And then uh when I got back home to DC started doing some acting and then I was up at Howard and a buddy of mine was like, yo, why don't you help me out on some of my productions behind the scenes? Started off in casting actually. Okay. Got it. So right now you pretty much uh, post-production editing and explain what that process is. What, what's involved in post-production process in film and television commercials, what have you? Well, it's, it depends. And actually, it's crazy because depending on what you're doing, whether TV or film or commercials, the process is slightly different for each one. Can we go into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Like TV, for instance, you have to break down each episode and you, you edit each episode as its own entity. Whereas with a movie, you break it down into acts, where it's the first act, the, the middle, and the last act. So that that's the big difference in that. And then with the different episodes, depending on how many episodes you have, it's a lot longer process. Got it. Got it. Okay. And I imagine with commercials, it's even probably way shorter, obviously. but It's shorter, but a lot more. Most commercials have a lot more visual effects. Even though TV has surprisingly a lot of visual effects. Okay. Um, go into that a little bit, like what visual effects meaning, because sometimes we're thinking, you know, monsters or meteor, but what visual effects are you referring to that we probably don't even know that, you know, it's an effect or what have you? Right, because people, have you ever heard people say a star doesn't look like they look like on TV? Because they actually, visual effects actually beautifies them on the screen. And it's not just makeup. It's actually visual effects, which actually brings us into that whole replacing the face now. That's where all that originated from, beautifying the face, and then they took it further by replacing the entire face on the body. So, yeah, you're, it's, so, by, it's so by beautifying, you're talking about adding, you know, or taking away certain scars or... Right, like somebody can have bags under their eyes. But when you see them in the movie, they don't have bags under their eyes because they, the visual effects people take it away. Right. It, it's, it's crazy. Got it, got it. Okay. Did you have any, any guidance, any professors, mentors, people in the business that kind of coached you as you were make, you know, going along? Or um, Definitely a lot of uh, mentors who, you know, people always say 
people always want to try to get to the people that's already there. But one thing I learned at the, the American Black Film Festival, which I went to for like 15 straight years, is your tribe is the people that are already around you. Work with those people. Because they're trying to get to the same place that you're trying to get to. So, like, my tribe, uh, Malik Pollard, Corey Grant, who was my, my guy at Howard, um, uh, Tanika Wright, Lori Nelson-Lee of uh, Left Entertainment. Like, me, Lori, and Tanika, we did five short films over a span of about maybe 45 days. Like, I went from casting to assistant directing to directing to post-production simply because I ended up in post-production because for me, that's the final level of storytelling. Because just, just because you shoot it, that doesn't mean that's what's coming out in the final product. So it's the final product of storytelling. That's why, that's why I landed there. But I did it part-time for eight years. I worked in IT for 25 years, full-time which allowed me the flexibility to do it part-time. Oh, I like that point. So you were saying, and sometimes I've heard people say that a lot, you, you use your full-time as, as your investment vehicle to get to where you want to go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's exactly it. Now, yep. um, let's go over your day-to-day -day for a second, um, what your, you know, your daily role is and with, um, in post. Because uh, you work with some in, in some high end uh, productions and things of that nature, so um, at your level, what what equipment or software and what are you doing on? What's your typical day looking like? Who are you interfacing with on a day to day? Well, post production wise, out here, a lot of people use Avid Media Composer still um, for editing, but then there's some who still who use Premiere as well, and then you have the the color DaVinci Resolve that used to be just color, but now they're a full editing suite. And they're catching steam because it's a one-time fee versus a subscription that some other people are going to. And it's all-inclusive. Everything is inside of Resolve, from visual effects to sound, editing, and color, of course. So, but yeah, right now, um, as a post-production coordinator, which is what I'm doing right now at HBO, um, I interface with the post-producer, who's actually one of the co-producers on the show, um, the directors, when they come in, we work with them, we work with the producers, the executive producers. So it's, it's kind of all-encompassing. In, all and we work with accounting as well. Because what a lot of people don't realize, there are positions where you're not like, how can I say this? You're not just using creative skills all the time. There are other skills. Like, I do invoices. <laughs> I'm like, why am I doing invoices? I'm not an accountant. But it's part of, that's part of the whole business part of it. If you're editing, then, yeah, most of the time you're in the room and you're, you're interfacing with directors or producers or working by yourself. Um, but then you have post-production supervisor, which is what I did at Sony and, and post-production coordinator, what I'm doing at HBO. And it's a lot more dealing with the business side of it and a lot of scheduling. And like, for instance, scheduling ADR, like scheduling voiceover sessions, scheduling the visual effects sessions and going over. 
doing a lot of QC of what's been of what's been edited by the editors. It sounds like you're, you know, you're generally part of the story. So, you know, that nucleus between you, producer, director, it kind of all has to come together, especially since, to your point, it's the end part of the product. Like you're the last yep. stop. This is what it's going to look like when people see it. So right, exactly. It, this is this is what is seen. Even though you might have shot two and a half hours worth of footage, worth of scripts, you're only going to see an hour and 45 minutes. You almost have to really know that script just as much as a director, somebody or, or cast member does because you're telling the story. What did they mean? How does all this fit in? And what are they trying to say? So how do you do that? Right. Well, part of it's funny because I was reading an article yesterday and a buddy, buddy of mine and I were talking about how People think post-production comes at the end of the production. No, you need to hire your post-production supervisor at minimum during pre-production so that they can understand. Because your, your line producer isn't the one that should be doing the post-production budget. Your post-production supervisor or post-production producer should do your post-production budget for you so that you know how much money you have to allocate for that. And then... Uh, from a story standpoint, your editor needs to understand story. They just can't be somebody that pushes buttons or knows graphics. I suck. I suck at graphic design. But I know story. You know what I mean? I know story. And it's just a it's a balance between working with the director and or producer and saying, hey, this does or doesn't work here, or you do or don't need that. And they have to buy in because it's their movie. Sometimes you just have to, as an editor, you have to be like, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But this is my suggestion. They can either take it or not take it, but it's their movie. You're like an, you're like an attorney. Your job is just to advise. <laughs> hey, that's it. Say, hey, this looks like this. This looks like this. So this looks better than this to me. But if you want to put this part in, be my guest. Yeah, it's your point. What are some of the things that you can advise people should look out for on either in external from them or internal that they should think about doing their, you know, their walk through this business? Um, yeah, that makes sense. One of the things is uh, be prepared when your opportunity comes. Because if you're not prepared when the opportunity comes, that opportunity might not come again. And one of the things one, I came out here later in life, and I kind of wanted to come out earlier. And I used to come out to L.A. and go back and forth, but I didn't come out here to live because of the horror stories that I was always told about how people, you know, how people are out here, how Hollywood is. And after moving out here, I'm not experiencing that. Like, I'm experiencing good people. And one, one of the things that uh, I hear often is don't be an asshole. Like, really, it's, it's not ever necessary to be an asshole. Just be nice to people. We're all trying to do the same thing. Just, just have fun. Enjoy life. It's beautiful out here in L.A. It's beautiful in Atlanta most of the time, except for the winter. But uh, where you know we making make we're making TV and film, we're not doing brain surgery. 
Why are you mad? Why are you treating people like Why are you mad, son? <laughs> Why are you mad? It's, it's just treat people and, and foster genuine relationships. Like, don't just talk to people to see what you can get out of it. Foster genuine relationships. I have friends that I've been friends with for 15 years. One of my mentors who really, like, catapulted my career and got me uh, a job at BET, Loretta Edwards Wilson, she, we, we worked together on her thesis film at American University. And we talked briefly in between that, but it wasn't until eight years later that I got the gig at BET. And it wasn't me applying for anything. It was us staying in constant communication and something happened to come open and she called me and she was like, hey, what are you doing? I know you still, you know, you working in IT. Are you interested in this part-time gig? And I was like, yeah, it's perfect. And everything just, it just aligned. Because I had no intentions on moving to LA, ever. <laughs> it, it goes back, Stefan, it goes back though to what you were saying, how the people that you want to get around are the ones that are on your level going to where the same place you're going to. Of course, exactly. it was eight years, but whatever. You, that, during those eight years, imagine, look at all of the, the experience and know right. how you, you, you got to prepare exactly. yourself. Give me some um, advice for people who want to actually be on that side, on the post side, on the editing side, that they can kind of start getting themselves seen. How would you, coming in in 2020, start to get yourself known so that you can get to where Stefan is now? Um, definitely student films, because that's where I started, with student films. And you can do student films and maybe get, get a gig at a production, at a post house somewhere. News stations. Anywhere where you can just do some work and get a reel. All you need is three good pieces. A reel is not that long. You don't want your, if you can get your reel to be a minute and show diversity in that reel or show, let's say you want to, you want to edit comedy. Then you have to have a comedy reel. Or if you want to edit, or if you want to do drama, you have a drama reel. You shouldn't have a reel that has commercials and videos and movies on it. It should be separate. They like, they like, they like things to be separate. Like as a as an editor, I don't have to I don't have to do any visual effects out here if I don't want to. Cause they have special visual effects people for that. And that's all they do. They don't edit. Do you find that there are different skill sets that you need for different genres? Because you're telling a completely different story. Like, in other words, horror has a different cadence than a comedy in the punchline. Do you find that that's had been a challenge for you in the, in the past? Or is it just, give me whatever you can give me. It's the same situation. There's no difference in preparation. Um, no, there's definitely a difference. Um, we, again, go back to story being, being number one. But yeah, there's different cadence for everything. Like um, the short film that I'm working on now, it's a comedy. And one of the things that the director said was, I hit all the beats that she was looking for when I did the edit. Because I did the edit by myself. She wasn't with me. Because you have to be able to hit those beats and hit those moments at the right time. So yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely different for each one. 
for each genre. And you have some who can kind of be combined, like a crime drama, you know, those two together. But yeah, it's definitely, uh, it can be definitely a different, a def- different cadence to each one. That's why people ask, you know, when they ask to see your real, well, do you have any, let's say, horror? Or have you ever, and especially action. Action editing is completely different because there are certain things you have to do to make it actually look real. Because they're not really hitting people. <laughs> but there are certain edits that you have to do to make it look real. Got it. Got it. Um, when someone is, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, you've had interns and you've hired people, what have you. Um, what what do you look for? Someone's presenting something to Stefan and uh, and their work and their real. Um, what kinds of things are you looking for specifically for someone who actually wants to work for you or on a product that you're maybe hiring for? What are you looking for? Um, compassion is one thing. You have to be passionate about what you're doing. Because I've seen a lot of people who they just edit because it's something to do and they can do because they know how to push buttons versus somebody who's compassionate about storytelling and and being able to tell a good story. And of course, being able to know the software enough to move around in it. But that, to me, that's something that can be worked on. And, and it all depends on the project itself, because if it's something that, if it's an independent project, and let's say I'm hiring an assistant editor to work with me, we got to be able to work together. Personality thing, too. Yeah. And back to that whole politics thing you were talking about, I personally hate politics. (laughs) Like, politicking office-wise. I hate it because I'm like, again, we're not doing brain surgery. We're making entertainment for people. So let's have fun. Enjoy enjoy the journey. And that's one one of the things that I like about it, about the industry, is being able to meet all these different people and have these different relationships and just enjoying people and making entertainment at the same time. Well said, well said. Uh, and this is one I didn't ask you though, but earlier we were talking about um, how you came up. What are you thinking? Um, your opinion, you need a degree, you need a formal education or <laughs> do you need to, Hey, look, I'm, I'm, we, we're both in the same alma mater. Let's not even go there. Let's, you know. Hey, hey. It's funny because when I went to Howard briefly, I wasn't, I wasn't even in the film at the time. I was in business. When I came back was when I was acting and I took some classes and then I took some, I took a post-production class at Howard actually for Avid Media Composer. And you don't, you definitely don't have to. Um, it's a great tool for, uh, for building your community. Because if you, if you, Look at some of the crews. They all went to school together most of the time. You said you were in IT how long? 25 years. What got you through that period of time? And how did you keep that, you know what I mean? The motivation to say, okay, I'm still going to be on HBO. I'm still about to kill this this movie, whatever. Even though I'm doing, I'm working on this network over here. Like, <laughs> how did, what was that period like? Um... Honestly, personally, my personal life, I had to put aside for a while. 
for about seven, eight years. I honestly put my personal life aside because this was my grind. This was where I was trying to get to. I was trying to get to a point where I didn't have to do IT anymore. I used IT as a vehicle, both monetarily and platform-wise, to transition into being able to work in, in production full-time. That's what I thought. Yeah, and it's crazy because I worked, I worked at the electric companies in D.C., and a lot of connections, you know, a lot, a lot of good people that I met and that were very supportive. And a lot of times they were like, why are you still here? And to be honest, God didn't release me yet. And it was a matter of, because it was times where I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And God was like, no, I can't release you yet. It's not time yet. Because I can tell you right now, the young me wouldn't have made it out here. You know what I mean? The young me wouldn't have made it out here. The single me wouldn't have made it out here. But now I'm married, got a wonderful wife who is super supportive. And she was the one, the, the final thing that said, yo, let's go. Like, where are we going so that you can go full time and do it? And right, because I was like, because I, I, I had left. I had left the uh, the IT job with the electric company that I was at for 15 years, and I was freelancing, doing uh, film stuff, and then also doing like contract IT jobs. And then uh, one of my contracts ended, and my wife was like, "If you're gonna do it, do it." And I made a phone call to uh, a certain person I'm not gonna name drop and they hooked me up with their editor and I was like should I go to LA or should I go to Atlanta and this was three years ago and he told me he said go to LA because even though they're doing a lot of filming in Atlanta they're still flying editors out to Atlanta edit, and then going back to LA to finish editing so come out there get established and then a friend of mine a friend of my brother-in-law was doing a movie, and he was like, hey, I need a post supervisor. I need a budget, and I need a schedule done. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I can handle that. I have, a, I have a master's in IT project management. I'm sure I can do a schedule <laughs> and a budget. And I came in on a budget, 8000 under the budget. And then I was like, hey, if I don't have to actually do the editing and I can do the scheduling and the hiring and the budgeting. And then I applied for a job at, at Sony, a contract, which was supposed to be a month contract. They renewed my contract twice and I ended up being there six months. And I didn't, I didn't edit one time. I didn't have to edit anything. I was supervising editors, supervising cuts, scheduling. I didn't have to do any budgeting because they tend to let the directors, the, the executives do the budgeting. But man, I I get <laughs> no man, you, crazy you, journey. Like this the is journey crazy. has been like bananas. And I haven't even 
it's crazy because I haven't even really hooked up with the people that I know here yet. Like I hit the ground running, editing independent projects, anything that I could get my hands on. And then I got, I started getting this post supervisor gigs and I haven't, I haven't even like been able to network with the people that I actually know. Doing the supervising and the scheduling. I bet you that's that IT career and what you were doing, you probably wouldn't have been prepared for that level of editing job had you not had that skill set. That's project exactly. management. That's not even creative. It's yep. It's project management. And I tell people all the and time, like don't don't just crap on your your, your present job because you never know. Like you said, God didn't release you. He might need you to take something from that job that you don't even know that's related that's gonna help you in that production job or that animation job. That's it. Cause I I went to school for IT project management to try to get promotions in IT way back before I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do this production stuff full time. Back then it was, I was always raised, get your job, make your money, keep your guaranteed money. You know what I mean? And retire and be safe. Give me one piece of advice. Could be creative, could be life, could be whatever. Uh, someone coming into this business in any capacity, uh, or in your case, editing, what would you leave with them that could kind of keep them going forward? But give me a word from Stefan that could kind of inspire and motivate somebody to keep going. Find a way to do what you love to do. It, find a way to get paid to do what you love to do. The sky's the limit, to be honest, because there's so many positions in the industry that people don't really know about behind the scenes. They don't know about them. Especially when you're coming from an independent standpoint, because from an independent standpoint, it's the director, the producer, the cameraman, the sound, a couple of PAs, and then the editor, and the sound, if you get a sound editor, and that's it. Whereas, when you get to when you get to where they're spending money, it's all kind of people behind the scenes, which is why when you look at the credits at the end of a movie, it's so many names because there's so there's so much that has to be done on the on the bigger projects, and it's so many different positions that you could be in. Do the research, find out you know where you fit. Any products you want us to look out for, um, either on your own or coming out in on a studio level, or how, what you want to, what do you what you got yourself into these days? The show that I'm on this season, uh, Insecure, uh, Issa Rae doing her thing. I got a couple of independent projects coming out, but it's been a pleasure, man. Um, yeah, that's... you know, thank you for making us Bisons look good, man. You know, you're doing your thing. Your story is awesome. I could tell you a great human being, man, and a great coach. I hope you be a you'll be a uh, friend to the show. Keep up the good work, brother. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right, we'll get up.